بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم الحمدللہ رب العالمین والصلاة والسلام علی رسوله الكریم علی آلہ وصحابی اجمعین اما بعد This is part one of English translation of the talk Forbidding the unfair That is نہیں ان البنکر میں مفتی تقریسمانی دامد برکات ہوں حضرت ابو سعید رضی اللہ تعالیٰ عنہ has narrated that the Holy Prophet صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم said If a person amongst you sees some bad deed being done, then he should change that bad deed with his hand, meaning that he should not just stop that bad deed, but change it into a good deed. If he does not have the power and the authority to stop that bad deed, then the second degree is that he should change it with his tongue. It means that he should say to whoever is committing that bad deed, that please, what are you, you are doing is not right. Please come towards doing good deeds. And if a person does not even have the power to say so, then he should change that bad deed with his heart, meaning that he should believe in his heart that what is being done is a bad deed. About this third stage, the Holy Prophet ﷺ has said that this is the weakest stage of Iman. In Surah Al-Asr, Allah Ta'ala has set out a general principle. Man is in a state of loss indeed, except those who believed and did righteous deeds, and exhorted each other to follow truth, and exhorted each other to observe patience. Surah 03, verses 2 to 3. So there are these four deeds a person has to perform. He does not want to end up in a state of loss. Number one, have Iman. Number two, do righteous deeds. Number three, advising others to follow the path. And number four, advising others to practice patience or sabr. This shows that to avoid being in a state of loss in Qiyamah, the day of judgment, it's not enough for a person just to have Iman and do good, do good deeds themselves. They also have to encourage other people to follow the truth and to practice sabr. In a hadith, while narrating the story of a people, the Holy Prophet said that because those people were engaged in all sorts of sins, Allah Ta'ala decided to punish them. Allah Ta'ala ordered the angels to turn their town upside down to destroy them. Hazrat Jibreel asked, O oh Allah, you have ordered us to destroy this nation and you have not exempted any of its residents from their destruction. However, there is one person in that town who I know has never disobeyed you, even for one moment. He has spent his entire life in your obedience and ibadat and has never committed a sin. Should that person be killed too? Allah Ta'ala replied, Yes, destroy the whole town and kill him too. It's because he kept committing good deeds and remained busy in ibadat. However, when sins were committed by others, he never raised an eyebrow, seeing those sins being committed. He never considered any of those sins wrong. He never took any actions to stop any of those sins from being committed. Therefore, destroy him with his people. In another verse of the Holy Quran, Allah Ta'ala says, And be aware of a scourge that shall not fall only on the wrongdoers from among you. Surah 8, verse 25. What this verse refers to is that the punishment will not be for sinners only. It will also fall on those people as referred to in other verses and ahadith, who were not sinners themselves, but they kept watching other people commit sins 
but did not feel bad about it and did not say a word or raise a finger to, to, to try to persuade others to refrain from sins. This bidding the fair, that is Amar bil Maruf, and forbidding the unfair, that is Nahi and al Murkir, is an independent obligation under Sharia that is incumbent, incumbent upon all of us, which many Muslims are negligent about. Even those people who consider themselves religious and follow the decrees of Sharia do not realize that it is their religious duty to try to tell other people to good de- de- do, do good deeds and refrain from sins. The first decree of Iman in the Hadith narrated above was to stop a sin being committed by hand, meaning stopping it using someone's authority and power. If a person had the power to stop a sin from being committed using his power and did not do so, then it would be like he has committed the same sin himself. For example, a person is head of a family. He has authority within the family and people listen to him. If he's seeing that his family members are engaged in some sin and he knows that if he tells them to stop engaging in that sin, they would listen to him and it would not lead to a major discord that he would not be able to tolerate. Then it is first or compulsory for him to stop his family members from committing that sin using his authority and power. Not doing so just because it would hurt someone's feelings is not a valid consideration because someone's feelings being hurt carries no weight against one of Allah Ta'ala's commandments being violated. We should try not to hurt anyone's feelings when we are trying to convince them about stopping sins. We must ensure that we deal with people with love, affection, and softness, and take care that we are not humiliating or belittling anyone when we are trying to communicate Allah Ta'ala's message to them. However, if a person feels that their feelings are being hurt despite us taking care of all of the, all of the above, then we need to stop worrying about their hurt feelings because violation of Allah Ta'ala's commandments is more important than someone's hurt feelings. It's important that while talking to someone about deen, we do not deliberately set out to hurt anyone's feelings. We do not insult them. We do not humiliate them. And we try to convey Allah's message in a soft manner and in privacy. However, if after doing all of that, someone still feels that their feelings are being hurt, then that should not lead us to giving up educating people about Allah Ta'ala's commandments. If a person is the head of the family and the family members listen to him, in those circumstances, if he keeps watching them getting more and more involved in committing sins and does not say or do anything to stop them from doing so, then he is committing a sin as forbidding the unfair, that is Nahi Anil Murkir, was first upon him. The same applies to a teacher an employer, or any other person in a position of authority. Sometimes there is a risk that if we try to stop someone from committing sins through our hand, it would lead to a bigger conflict or discord, or the person would become openly rebellious. And this open rebellion may lead to even bigger sins, or mazallah kufr. On such occasions, Sharia allows us that we do not force people to stop from committing sins by our hand and just limit to limit to educating them with our words. Sometimes people go to one or the other extreme about when to take a stand about participating in activities which are not permitted in Sharia. It's a very delicate matter to decide when to take a stand and when to compromise. 
there is no easy way of drawing up a simple list of occasions on which a person should take a stand and when they should not. A person needs a guide or a mentor to help them decide what to do on each individual occasion. If a person decides solely by themselves, they can go to either extreme. And if they take a stand on the wrong occasion, it can do more harm than good. However, when it comes to the matter of mixed gatherings, every Muslim should take a stand. If we do not take a stand against it today, we will regret it tomorrow. There is still time when this trend can be reversed and we should do everything in our power to do so. Otherwise, after we go to our graves, we'll be held accountable by Allah Ta'ala about this. May Allah Ta'ala grant us strong enough iman to do so. Ameen. Wa akhirid da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.